What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Sunday, April 28, 2013. You guys are listening to episode 109, and uh, I appreciate it. I have a good show for you guys today, and uh, I had to do it late. Just got off. I literally just got off an airplane uh, two hours ago. I just I just got uh, my car at LaGuardia Airport. And by the way, you got to do that. If you fly out for a few days, drive yourself, fuck the cars, drive yourself, put it in the long-term parking. It's cheaper than a car service and you get to just walk right out of the fucking airport and leave. It was awesome. But uh, great show for you guys today. A ton of stuff to talk about. The short little tour that uh, I just went on with Bill Burr again, which sucks because it was, it was great, but it was also the last we only get to do a handful a year. And um, unless we get some more stuff booked together, that that's pretty much it just because of where we live. But it was amazing. I'm going to talk about that. We were in Dallas. We were in Austin. And uh, last night we were in Kansas City. Went went phenomenal. And, um, you know, some really cool stories, some funny stuff, some unbelievable shit. I'm going to be talking about that. Also, uh, I want to thank everybody uh, again for coming out to Bananas in Poughkeepsie last uh, Saturday. I had a great time. It was, uh, you know, it was a nice turnout, and people were were really great. So if you know, if you listen to this, and you know, people are coming up to me after the show saying that they listen to the podcast and that they, um, you know, really enjoy the show and, and enjoy what I do. So I really thank everybody who uh, who came out to that. It was really cool, and uh, it was nice to perform really close to my mother's house. And uh, it was great. My mom got to come out to the show, and you know that doesn't happen often. So. Really good time up there, and also had a good time doing a um, fundraiser show at Levity Live in West Nyack, New York at the Palisades Mall. Thank everybody um, for coming out to that. So that was awesome, and then I left on, spent some time with my kids before I left, and then I went to Dallas, and we were performing at the Majestic Theater in Dallas. And I was out there with Bill Burr and also Thomas Lewis. Uh, Thomas is a comedian from Massachusetts, or he's actually originally from California, but he lives in Massachusetts now. He started doing comedy recently. Great guy, funny guy, and uh, he is also helping shoot my documentary. So he's been out there, and uh, he was shooting stuff with Bill, shooting stuff uh, with me, and we were out there, and we went out to the Majestic in Dallas. We were in downtown Dallas. And it was uh, one of the most beautiful theaters. I got to say, the last three theaters that we did on this trip, like some are always like, okay, whatever. But these were unbelievable. And I mean, Tom Lewis is hilarious because he knows the history of all the fucking, he knew everything, like what what was there. But like this, this majestic in Dallas, like Harry Houdini was there and he was telling me that uh, John Wayne, you know, would do movie premieres there. And it was just a really historic place and you know he knew all the history of it and he knew the dates you know and when it opened and all that stuff and really really cool we did that and it was a it was a great great time it was one of those things where I didn't even know I'll be honest I didn't even know some what I was going to talk about on stage at a couple of these places because I'm just going through new stuff in my life. Like my wife and I are looking for a house. We saw a bunch of them. I don't really like that. That I don't really like any of them. She re- is in love with one that I think is okay. So we're kind of going through an argument with that. And I just had all this shit on my mind. And 
the the great thing about this was um i i really needed to talk about it and me and thomas went out to eat at this like tex-mex place in downtown dallas and I'm talking to him and I'm saying, you know what, man, I got I think I'm just, I think there's a joke here. I'm going to talk about this. And it was so cool because in front of like 1600 something people, you know, I just started to talk about it. And I told him, I go, listen, this shit's going on in my life. I just got to talk about it. And, um, it worked and it really like gave me a new piece and developed some stuff. So it was awesome. It was a great show. We went out and we, uh, we did something really cool afterwards. We ran into, uh, to a buddy of ours and um, we went out to a cigar bar, and it was great. I hit it way too hard, though. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get into that in a second. I first have to, uh, I don't want to forget this, and I don't want to do it later. I want to get it out there right now because it's an excellent, excellent app. My sponsor, Butterfly Radio, guys. Download the free app today, Butterfly Radio, on your iPhone. And um, it allows you to have access to all of the podcasts that are on there. And you could send up to a five-minute audio message, private message, and um, the podcast can get right back to you personally it's awesome it's very podcast if you love podcasts it's it's a no-brainer you could download it for free on your iphone so that's butterfly radio app also register at butterflyradio.com to uh get your own podcast and you could have multiple channels on there for multiple podcasts and all that stuff it's it's great so butterfly radio um keep uh keep downloading it and checking it out because it's great and it's only getting bigger and better okay now we do the show in Dallas, and it goes great, right? It's um, it was it was just a great night, you know. It was just one of those things that came together great. I, I tested the I tested shit on stage. It worked, and it was fucking awesome. So we're all excited now. We're tired. Everybody's tired. Everybody had to travel that day, and you know it was just a tiring. You know, you travel. You're on airplanes. You know, you land, you get to your hotel, you do it, and all of a sudden you're performing in a theater in front of almost 2,000 people and you're wiped out. But the show was awesome and we wanted to, you know, smoke a cigar. So a friend of ours that we know happened to be in Dallas and he knows this amazing cigar bar. So we go out to this cigar bar and we're sitting there and I start, I start getting fucking like, just happy, and I'm like, I switched from like, reg- like I was drinking some cocktails, and I'm like, you know what, this cigar is so fucking good, give me another cigar, so I smoked this big cigar, it was a Romeo, it was awesome, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting another one, I started drinking wine with the other one, then after the wine, I had a couple of beers, and it was just, by, Bill went to bed, and then me and, and Tom stayed up probably for another couple of hours and uh, I had a couple of Shiner box which you know it's, it's awesome beer in Texas the local beer so I go to bed 4 30 in the morning here's the problem the next day we got to drive to Austin and then perform out there and uh, it's another theater and it was actually at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival it was at the Paramount Theater in uh, in Austin so I wake up hurting and we're sitting in the car and we're driving out to we're driving out to Austin. I think from Dallas to Austin in the car was um it's 200 miles, 200 miles or so. So it's about, you know, just shy of of about 3 hours. And we're driving, we're having hysterical conversations because it was just we're tired out of it. I got into a huge argument with Bill for a second regarding 
you know, I'll actually talk about it real quick because it, it, it goes. So here's my thing. Okay, so we're driving to Austin and we're talking about crazy shit. We're talking about people getting, you know, violently fucking killed and shit you saw on TV. Like just we're talking about awful shit. That's what we were doing. It's just really bad, horrible stories and stuff. That's what we're talking about. And then finally we start talking about movies and Goodfellas comes up. Now, here's my thing with Goodfellas. And it drove Bill nuts to the point where he was just like, I can't talk about this with you anymore. But here's my fucking argument. In the movie, Goodfellas, towards the end of the movie, when Jimmy Conway started getting all paranoid, I know Thomas or Bill or both, if they're listening to this, they're laughing. Well, Bill probably turned it off already because he he thinks it's a ridiculous argument. Thomas was just sitting in the back laughing, you know, watching us two go at it. Here's my question. When Jimmy Conway was getting all paranoid, I don't necessarily think it's safe to say 100% that he was going to kill Karen when she was going to go in that alley. Now, I know some of you people are sitting there going, oh, you out of your mind? Of course he was. He was killing everybody. Just hear me out for a second. I'm not saying he wasn't going to kill her. But to say for a for 100% fact, 100% chance that she was going to be killed... I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. I don't think that's fair. And here's why. Number one, if you know anything about the mafia, the mafia, one of their biggest rules is no women and children. Okay? Unless, unless like a kid or someone gets involved in something. But like as far as like, you know, I mean, I know that they killed, he killed Johnny Roast Beef's wife in the car. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, he did kill her. So maybe you could look at it that way. And again, I'm not saying it's, it, it, it's it's not what he was planning to do. But I just feel like if he wanted to kill her, like there's other ways. Like he could have just like had them run up to the car. He could have had them follow her. Like there's definite ways that he could have done it. So this whole subtle thing of, okay, I'm going to whack her if she goes down in the alley. But if she doesn't go down in the alley, then, then she's going to live. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know if it's 100% safe to say that. Plus, there were like guys just sitting there waiting in the alley, like talking. Like, are they just like hitmen just hanging out going, well, I hope she comes. If not, let's go get a fucking sandwich. I don't, I don't think though. That's not how the mob works. You wouldn't whack somebody like that. So my thing is, I think Scorsese leaves it up to you to decide. Now, some people are like, no, no, he definitely would have killed her. He definitely would have killed her. I don't know. So Bill's saying she would have definitely died. I'm saying I don't know. We're arguing about it. And... You know, whatever. It made for a fun car ride. Like a fucking nut, I start going on Google and I start looking at like message boards and what people are talking about. And the crazy thing is if I ever met Martin Scorsese now, I'd have to be like, listen, was Karen going to die or not if she went down there? If I ever met the guy, instead of being like, hey, I love your work. Nice to meet you. I would try to throw in a quick question to see just so I could fucking win this argument or find out. And I'm not even saying that it's winning the argument. I'm just saying, how about the, how about it's, it could be one or the other? So we're fighting about this on the way down. We're fighting about it. So Tom Lewis, uh, who's hilarious because he knows every fuck, he knows everything about everything. He's one of these guys. If you put him on Jeopardy, he'd fucking kill it. Like he just knows everything. He's a type. He could be like, yeah, this bread. You know, this bread you're eating. Yeah, in 1650, they found something in the ground that actually made the bread, and and he would be right about it. That's that's who how he is. So he says there's a place in West Texas, which is really close to Austin, called the, the Czech Spot. Czech, like Czechoslovakia, like, like C-Z-E-C-H. And it's a bakery. And 
in their pastry and in their bread, they put like breakfast sausage and cheese and all this stuff. And there was a line. We stopped there and there was a line out the fucking door. It was amazing. And they're called kalashes, kalash, a kolash, whatever. I don't know. But all I know is I bought this thing. It looked like a roll and it was hot and it was soft and it was warm. And you bite into it and there's a hot, spicy sausage link in there with like liquid, liquidified melted cheese. And then we got this little pastry that had like, I had strawberry jelly on top of this pastry. It was out of this fucking world. It was so fucking delicious. I don't even know. Like, it was so good. I should have got two, but... You know, then again, you might have felt like a fat... I don't I don't even care if I felt fat and nasty. I should have got two. That's how good it was. It was a great call by Tom, and we enjoyed it. And we, we, get, to, we get to Austin, and I'm tired, and I'm groggy. And um, there's a huge comedy festival going on there. You know, a bunch of comedians I knew were there, but I didn't have any time or desire to just start go walking around and contacting comics saying I'm here. I went to the hotel, and I slept... And I just chilled out and I relaxed and then I took a cab over to the Paramount. And a beautiful theater, another theater. It wasn't quite as big as Dallas because Dallas was like 1650. Uh, the one in Austin for this festival uh, at the Paramount was about, I think, 1250. But a ton of industry, a ton of comedians. And they had a sold out show right before ours. And then they had another show coming in, which was a sold-out show after ours. It was like Janine Garofalo and Brian Posehn and a bunch of people. And the show before ours was um, like Chelsea Peretti. And um, I forgot the names, but it, it, it was just great. It was just a great um, great venue, an intimate 1250, believe it or not. It was kind of like the Dallas Majestic, except like up closer and just 400 people smaller. Awesome. Awesome. So I um, got the set out. I had, a, I had a great time on stage. I really did. It was amazing. And we went to, um, what, I'm trying to think what we did after. Oh, so I can't really get into this. <laughs> uh, this is pretty fucking nuts, everybody. I'm not going to lie to you, but I, I can't, I'm not going to really get into it. So I'm just going to tell you this. We're in Austin and uh, somebody says to me, hey, so-and-so was at the show. And I'll just say this. A very famous bicyclist. <laughs> Let's put it that way. A very famous bicyclist was in the was in the crowd. And uh, I think everybody would know this guy. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of been, been busy lately. And uh, he was in the show. And then um, actually, you know, wanted to... Um, well, I got to meet him. Put it that way. Let, let's talk. We, we did the show and uh, met him. And uh, talked to him for a while, and um, you know some other stuff went down. I, I really can't get into it, but I'll just tell you it was pretty fucking nuts and surreal, and um, you know a little bizarre and everything. But just really cool to be in, you know, the home state of somebody big, and then they're at your show, and you get a chance to meet them again. So uh, you, you know, it's it's it was it was great, and um, you know, so we're in Austin, and we did that, and here's what sucked. I had to be on an airplane at 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning. So we do the show, and the show that we did at the Paramount in Austin started at 9.30. So by the time it was done and we were done with everything, it was like 11, 
It's like 11.30, almost 12 o'clock. And then, um, you know, we, we, we hung out. We did some stuff out there. And, you know, get back. And I get back to my room at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I close my eyes. And before I know it, it's, you know, 20 minutes goes by. I got a taxi outside that has to take me to the airport. So I get to the airport at like 4 o'clock, uh, like, uh, like 4.30, 4.30 in the morning have to go to Kansas City. And what sucks is I can't take a direct because Delta wants to fucking always stop in Atlanta because that's where their hub is. So I get to the airport and I have to fly to Atlanta at 6, get there at like 9 something with the time difference, and then fly back to Kansas City. I'm already tired. Uh, We already had a great time in Dallas, drove out to Austin, did what we did in Austin, for the festival, and then now we're sitting, I'm, I'm sitting at the airport, and I got to fly to fucking ATL to get over to Kansas City, and I'm exhausted, so my plan is, I'm going to sleep, on, on like the two hours on this plane, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to Atlanta, uh, get to the gate, I'm going to go sleep on that plane, I'm going to sleep the whole day on airplanes, get to my hotel, relax, uh, well, f- fate had it a different way, now I know some people who listen to this podcast, like when I talk about airplanes, being on the airplane and a lot of my stories about the different models people get a kick out of it so this is a really really uh this is i don't know if it's a good one it's pretty crazy but i'll go right into it i get on the airplane i sit down i upgraded my seat 29 dollars because i have this thing called economy comfort where you get another foot of leg room it's totally i I think it's totally worth it and um and i get it in a window so that's how I like to fly. You got to get a window and you got to have more leg room. If you get those two things, you can actually sleep. And you could sleep pretty well because the seat will go back but in the, and the foot with your legs, you could just it, it's just better. Other than that fucking eight inches with your knee and somebody's back bullshit. Like I, I, you know, so I paid the $29. And I'm sitting there and uh, everyone gets on the plane quick and it seems like, oh, we're going to get going. The pilot comes on and the pilot goes, all right, folks, um... Welcome to so-and-so. Just want to let you know, we are having a little electrical electrical malfunctions. We're having some problems with the airplane here. We got a, a field tech coming out. Uh, he's in the field right now. He'll be here in five minutes. Uh, we hope he could be here in five minutes. We'll keep you updated. So I'm sitting there, and I'm so tired now. I'm just like, all I want to hear is, oh, the problem's fixed. We're get, get ready. It's no problem. So I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm like, come on, man. Just get in the air. Let me sleep. Well, folks, the good news is the field tech is here, and he's working on it. We're going to find out what's going on in the next minute or so. Uh, he's underneath. He's got the blah, blah, blah. He's doing whatever he's doing. So I'm going all right. A lot of time goes by and nothing. Then I see the field rep. I look out the window of the plane. I see him, like, running to his truck, getting something, running back, and a lot of time. And I realize, oh, shit, like, something's not right. So the pilot comes back on, and he goes, well, folks, unfortunately, we got some bad news. Uh, we're having... Um, we having a lot of uh, problems and issues, electrical issues, uh, which are connected to the right engine of the airplane, and uh, we have to ground this plane. We can't, you know, which, you know, fine. I don't want to fucking go up in the air and fucking come down real quick because of that. So I'm happy that I'm not in, in the fucking air. Like, I'm happy that we were on the ground when he found this shit out, you know, so, but I'm, I'm tired. I'm just, this sucks. Like, oh, so go, you got to get rebooked. So I get out of the plane, tired as shit, and... All I want to do is sleep, and I got to call up, and now I got to make sure that I could get to Kansas City because, you know, there's different flights and times, so I get on at 8, they said I could get on at 8 a.m., 
8 a.m. flight. So uh, I'm waiting, I'm walking around, and uh, I finally get on that plane. I get on the 8 o'clock plane, and that plane, I don't know, it just like took off, and I heard like bumps, and I don't know if it was because I was tired or paranoid, but I just felt like the, even the pilot gets on, and he's like, oh, you know, our climb up will be a little bumpy, but once we get up there, and it was bumpy, and it was weird, and I heard noises, and I was tired, and it was fuck, just, it wasn't good, and whatever, I get to Atlanta. So I get on the next plane in Atlanta to get to Kansas City. I think it was a different model plane. I think I I didn't like this one because I don't like how the inside shakes. I'm I'm really weird with models of planes, and I don't I don't know. Maybe that's my OCD. Speaking of my OCD, all right. I get on the plane and wear my seat. I don't upgrade for this one. Because I'm just tired. I'm not going to go back to the computer. They, they they rescheduled my... They actually changed my itinerary. So I really didn't even know if I could upgrade. And I just wanted to get on the fucking plane and get to my hotel. I was exhausted. I'm exhausted even talking about it now. And I just got off a fucking plane. So I've been on 12 airplanes this year already. And I'm done for a while. I just want to stop it. So I look where I'm sitting. And I'm not kidding. Just between two fucking monsters... Two monsters of fucking men. Like guys just fucking elbows and thighs are fucking overflowing into the next seat. One guy's sleeping right away. This other guy. So I do this thing where I'm like uh, looking around to see if there are some. Because my nightmare would have been, hey, the plane's full. Everybody. The plane's full and, um, you know, so if you have to check a bag and all that. And then I know I'm sitting between these two fucking mammoths for the next two hours when I'm exhausted. I would have fucking wanted to start crying right there if that was the case. So I'm looking around and the plane is not full. There's some spots and I see some I see some exit seat windows, which is even more leg room. So I say to the guy next to me, I go, hey, you know, we could move. Like if nobody wants those seats or like if they stay, we could move, you know. So I was like, yeah, I think about doing that. So we talked to one of the uh, flight attendants, and she says, yeah. So he gets up, and he goes to the emergency exit. And I get up, and I go to the emergency exit. And I'm sitting next to the window, so much more legroom, even better than the $29. I don't even have to spend it. So I'm sitting there, and sh- another flight attendant comes up to the guy that was sitting next to me that moved first and says, uh, okay, sir, are you capable of you know the responsibility of being in an emergency exit and he says yes and she says is this your original book seat he says no it's not she says yeah i'm sorry you could try to sit somewhere else but you just can't sit in an emergency exit so if there's another open seat which there was it's fine but you can't say emergency exit. so i'm saying shit she's going to come back to me and i'm going to be next so i'm sitting there sure enough she walks up to me and she says uh sir are you capable of the responsibilities or aware of the responsibilities? I said, yes, I am. And she says, okay, was this your original seat? And I said, no, it wasn't. But I had an upgrade on my last flight, which was grounded. And I never got that. And since this was open, I was just wondering, you know, they kind of said that I could come up here. And she goes, okay. So I don't know what the fuck I said, because I I really didn't lie. I I was telling that I I, I tried to do it, and then I couldn't do it. And since there was an open seat, I didn't know if Delta was going to fucking refund me. So I just just said whatever I said to her, and she said, okay, no problem. She gets up and leaves, and now I'm, I'm fine. Sitting up there, we take off on the way to Kansas City. And, um, you know, I'm trying to get comfortable. I'm trying to sleep. And throughout the flight, I'm hearing talking. And I'm hearing, like, weird talking and weirdness. 
So I'm looking around. I look across the aisle, and right parallel to me, there is a man alone doing weird shit. He was, he, I'm trying to think of who he looked like. He kind of looked like the head of the newspaper company in Spider-Man. You know the guy with the mustache? He also played, he was also Juno's father in the movie Juno. That guy, like the guy with the mustache, but he's bald. So this guy looked like him, but gray and not bald. Probably four of you listeners understand who I'm talking about. Nobody else does. Anyway, he looks like this actor. So I'm looking at him, and he's fucking, he's standing up. He's standing up, and um, I'm getting a call. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hey, dude, I'm doing my podcast right now. Can I call you right back? I'll call you back. Oh, boy. Oh, Joe Matarese, everybody. Joe Matarese. By the way, Joe Matarese is going to be on Letterman next week, so look out for him. Uh, I think he tapes it on Thursday, and it'll be on Friday, something like that. But anyway, so back to the story. So look at that. Good friend. Plugging my friend's fucking late-night shows while I'm doing my podcast. This type of guy I am, everybody. Verzi Effect Podcast with your host, me, Paul Verzi. All right. I look over to this guy, and a guy's sitting there. And he's like changing his seat from the aisle to the window a couple times. And I started noticing he started talking to himself. So now we're in an emergency exit and I'm alone in my in my row and he's alone in his and we're across from each other. So I'm going, man, is this guy fucking, this is the last thing I need to worry about. The last thing I need to worry about is this crazy fucking asshole pulling the lever and jumping out. But then I'm like, I don't know if the structural damage to the airplane would fuck me up. And then I'm saying to myself, well, what if if I see this guy start doing something crazy? I'm too tired. What am I going to start wrestling with him? And what happens if he just wants to kill himself and open the latch and jump out? And now I'm the asshole who's trying to save the plane like a dick, and I stop, and I get sucked out with this dick. So then two assholes are flying through air, and we're fucking dead, and everybody else in the plane is okay. I don't want that to be the story. So I'm just sitting here like, look, if he does something, I'm pulling my seatbelt tight, and I started looking for metal things in the airplane that I could hold on to. <laughs> that if the, if the shit got real, like I'm gonna definitely hold on and like he he'll get sucked out and people may start getting sucked out, but as long as seats don't get sucked out, I'm holding on to something. I was like maybe I'll run to the back. Like, I I don't know. So I'm watching this guy, and he starts talking to himself. He's going yeah well blah blah blah, and I just and I can't hear what he's making up, but he's talking to himself, full fledged conversation with himself. There's no phone. There's nothing. He's just, well, this and that. He kept looking at his shoe, but he would, like, roll his foot like a fucking girl does. Like, he would roll his foot, and he'd look at it. He kept playing with his mustache. Then he kept doing things, like, with his mouth. All this weird shit this guy was doing. And, um, you know, I, I was just, I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. And, I, and it was weirding me out. And I think he caught me looking at him a little bit. And he kept taking his little bag. He had a little bag with him. And he kept picking the bag up and putting it next to him. And then he would pick the bag up and put it down. While rubbing his nose and mustache. Like doing this thing with his mouth where he would like open and close his mouth really quickly. And he's talking at the window. And now I'm saying, okay, this guy's not a fucking terrorist. So this guy's not, this guy's just out of his fucking mind. And he's, a, he's, I, he's probably scared shitless to fly. He probably has an OCD disorder that's going through the roof right now. But it's not making me comfortable that he's talking. I think some other people watched him. I mean, it was weird to look at. So then the plane lands. 
And when the plane lands, you know when the two back wheels hit and then the front wheel slowly comes down and then you just hear the rev of the engine and the plane starts slowing down. As the plane starts slowing down and we start taxiing, the, you could like the brakes on the plane were kind of squeaking. So we're taxiing across the runway, across the airports or whatever, and this guy's going, oh, squeaky, squeaky brakes on this plane, huh? Squeaky, the, the brakes are squeaky, squeaky brakes. And like he's talking to himself out loud. And at this point, you know, we're in the ground now, so I could feel a little better. And I just start kind of laughing, and I don't know if he caught me, but he was the weirdest fucking guy, and he kept touching his nose and everything. And I, I just was happy to get off the plane. And I... I we, we walked off like kind of together and I wanted to see if if he was going to do weird shit and a little kid dropped their like sippy cup in front of him and I'm like, all right, what's this guy going to do? And he's like, oh, no, no problem. And he picked it up and he gave it to the mother. So I think that this guy had serious anxiety and serious OCD and he was just freaking out. But as you guys know, if you listen to my show, I'm not big on fucking flying all the time. I mean, and I've, I've been flying all fucking year so far. And, and I'm fine with it, but I don't need some fucking, oh, yeah, there's a, the brakes on the plane are squeaky, huh? Yeah. Talking to himself, looking out the window, looking at his fucking foot. He kept looking at his, sh I mean, every nervous thing, and I'm sitting next to this fucking guy. So, that was the experience in the air. And uh, I'll be honest, I didn't like my landing today. Last thing on flying, some of the women listening to this are going to be upset, but I'm not going to lie, and I have to be honest. I flew four times this past three days. And two times, the captain, the pilot of the fucking airplane was female, and that freaked me out. It did. It freaked me out, and I, the only thing that really gave me comfort was knowing that there was a man, a man next to them. And here's why. Not because of their period or because of, you know, shit like that. Just because, and maybe this is my bad and I got to get over it, but I just feel like if shit does go down, well, I think also there was a disaster. God rest those people's souls. There was a disaster once, and I and I know that one of the pilots was female, so maybe that's in my head. But I'm just I just fucking had this thing, and I'm like I don't know. I felt like she was like timid when she made the announcements, you know, because normally they're like, hey folks, how you doing? We're gonna be, you know, flying at so and so, be twenty. 20 mile per hour winds coming from the southeast. Should have a nice flight over to uh, Missouri today. Um, sit back, relax. She was more like, hey, like, she, she, I, I don't know. It just seemed like she was more human. She seemed more human, more like easy to talk to. And I know I know, I sound like a fucking idiot right now, but I just was nervous. I was like, man, if shit goes down, like, I don't want her to start freaking out. <laughs> so, um, but then. Today, uh, I had from Kansas City to LaGuardia, I had a female pilot, and um, the flight was good, and I thought she was actually more gentle with the, with the, you know, with the descent and everything coming down for final approach. The only thing that freaked me out was I think when we landed, we kind of landed like sideways. I was like, man, I hope the wheels don't snap. Like, I didn't feel like it was a smooth, like, you know, touchdown, but maybe that's my nuttiness. I, I probably could be, and now I am shot. I am shot. It's like 3 o'clock. We have an 8 o'clock show at the Midland Theater, which was fucking epic. Epic. Every time I think there's no way a theater is going to top this, like one old one, anything, all these theaters that were like 2,000 people and built in the early 1900s are so beautiful. It takes your breath away. It really does, and it's 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 amazing to, to perform there. So I get there, and by the time now we're looking for a cab, Thomas happened to come into Kansas City the same time, so we took a cab over together. We get to the Marriott. We stayed down at the Marriott down there by um, 
you know, downtown Kansas City. And it was two blocks away from the Midland Theater. And by the time I check in and get all the bullshit done, it's like 4 o'clock, 4.20. And I got a show in like three and a half hours. And I am on no sleep because the night before we were hanging out, I got to the room at 3, had to be in a cab at 4. I'm on maybe an hour and 20 minutes of sleep. And I'm performing in front of 2,000 people in four hours. So I told them, I was like, look, guys, I'll meet you at the theater you know, if it gets to like 10 to 8 and I'm still sleeping, you know, wake me up. But um, I'm, I'm sleeping. And that's what I did. I ate something real quick because I was hungry. I laid in bed and I slept. Took a quick shower. Walked over to the theater like 10 minutes to showtime. And this theater was sick. I want to shout out everybody in Kansas City, man, that was at that show. Because that crowd was amazing. The people were couldn't have been nicer. And um, they were thankful they were thankful, you know, that um, Bill came out to Kansas City. They were thanking me for coming out. They just say so supportive. Uh, many of them, you know, you know, knew me and said nice things, and and it was just really fucking humbling to 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 know that, um, you know, people like if you get to a certain level, man, people appreciate it and they come out and they really appreciate like the travel there. It was just awesome. They they couldn't have been nicer. Two thousand of them. Two thousand of them, and. You know, it was just an amazing theater. And Tom Lewis, who is so fucking, such a nice, good dude, man. Like, he, he's a he's a nice dude. He runs a show out, or he's going to be running a show out there. And I, I want to plug his show on the on the podcast because he's a, he's a great, great person. And, and But he's so into the history of things that he knows everything. And he's like, oh, look at these chandeliers and look at the fucking woodwork. And the woodwork was amazing. This place was amazing. It was like three decks or three levels. And it went far back, and the crowds were just like erupt. It was it was awesome. So we get out of there. We had a couple. Of, we ate some dinner with some people that were there to see Bill, uh, friends. And then after we did that, us three, we went back to the hotel. We smoked a smoked a cigar, and just had a great had a great time. You know, doing it. We shot some more of the documentary um, to look out for that. So you know, we're, we're coming up on that hopefully in the next nine months we we should but it's really coming together it's piecing together and as all these things come together once it gets put in put together it's gonna be you know should be something special that's what we're hoping for um but we did that and uh and that was the trip that was dallas austin and then um and then kansas city and we figured it out. This year we did um the most shows we've ever done together. We did fourteen shows in I think twelve cities. Yeah, I think 14 shows in 12 cities and uh, all over America. And um, it, it was an absolute incredible experience for me. Um, watching Bill on a, on a nightly basis like that, watching a guy who's that good and just seeing how the fucking the right way to do it. And um, it's, it's fucking humbling. It's just great. Just having a great time. And, you know, to be there with somebody that's been like a mentor and, and you know, just been great to me so um i thank everybody for all the tweets and uh the, you know become you know the friends and, and all that shit man it, it does mean a lot and hopefully i could get to a level where i'm out there and um doing some shit like that because seeing that lets you know man you know you gotta you go back to the clubs and make sure it's actually motivating some people are like, oh, you know, does it suck to go from a theater to a comedy club? And it's like, no, it actually makes you more hungry in the comedy club. It makes you want to do so good in the comedy club that people know, like, you're not going to be in the comedy club too much longer. Like, that's how I look at it. I don't look at it like, oh, fuck, 
you know, this sucks. Now I'm at some comedy club that's shitty and it's not a, a big, beautiful theater. I look at it like, no, I'm going to fucking, you know, work my way and, and see. You know, it's like you get a taste of it and then you're like, you want to get back. You know, so that's the way I look at it. But it was it was truly just fucking unbelievable. The only thing is I am done with early flights. I don't give a fuck and I'm done with stopping. I don't want to do that shit anymore. Delta's, I, you know, I want to be able to fly any fucking where, anywhere. If I go to Boise, Idaho, I want to be able to fly. If I have to go to from Boise, Idaho to Maine, I want to find a fucking direct flight from Boise to Maine. Can, can an airline do that? There should be an airline that comes out that goes, fuck it. We just got planes everywhere. We don't care. We, you could go anywhere. I know it's not cost effective, but it's convenient for people like me. I know that that's completely selfish, but I just, I'm just fucking tired. My wife flies to da- flew to Dallas yesterday, so I flew in today. My mother-in-law is dropping the kids off, and I got my kids, and it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait. I can't wait to just hang with them. Now, I can't believe I'm almost 40 minutes in, and I just basically talked about the last three days. Don't worry, everybody. I got more stuff to talk about. got more stuff to talk about. Going to do a little bit of little sports. We got some, some plugs for, for new shows coming up. Which I did update on the new Paul Verzi, uh, dot com website. Check the website out. I got new dates and I'm going to be adding dates. I'm in Manhattan a lot. I'm at uh, the stand. I'm going to be at Stand Up New York and I'm also going to be at Levity Live. So all my cl- all the ma- you know my clubs in New York. I'm going to be doing uh, a lot in May. So please check me out there. Working on the new material and all that shit. So all right. Okay, everybody. Now here's the deal. My wife and I basically sold the house. The house is in contract. Like, we're basically going to be out of here. And here's the problem. We've looked at, like, 25 houses. I'm not even exaggerating. We've looked at, like, 25 houses. And I like two. My my wife loves one. Loves it. Doesn't like it. She fucking loves it. Me, not so much. Now, I don't hate it. But I don't fucking really love it. But if they say when you walk into a house, when you and your girl or you and your wife walk into a house, you know the house, it's going to be the house that you buy because you're going to look at each other and say, this is it. This is our home. You know, this is this is our home. This is our home. We're going to live here for years. That's it. We didn't feel that way. So the house that she likes, I went back. We looked at it again. I liked it better the second time. I did. But my problem is the basement. The basement just had that basement-y smell. And I know the inspection will look at it, but I just didn't like it. And my wife was so funny because she liked it so much she was making excuses. She goes, no, it reminded me of my grandmother's house. My grandmother's basement smelled like that. And I wanted to be like, yeah, your grandmother had fucking water damage, all right, and a shitty inspector. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to let the scent of your grandparents' failures fuck me the next 20 years. That's not going that's not, that's not to happen. God, I hope she doesn't hear that. No, but that's not going to happen. I don't want, like, and I know older basements, and this is not even an older house, it's a colonial, it, it is a nice house, the rooms are nice, they redid a lot of shit, but the basement would need some, some tweaks, some bathrooms would need some tweaks, I want to move in to a fucking made house, done, no work, I don't understand, why is that so hard, that's what I want, I want to walk into the house, and I want the house to just be, I want granite countertops, I want fucking new, that's it. I want everything new. New fucking bathrooms. I want to find out the roof was put in within five years. I want the floors new. 
Fucking new appliances, new kitchen, new bathroom. That's what you fucking buy. You don't buy something. Now, I know some people are like, well, no, you make it your own. You could do that slowly over time. Yes, you can. But you know something? When you travel like me and my wife, you work as much as me and my wife with two kids. Fuck that. All right? Now, listen, I don't mind. I'll go out and mow the fucking lawn. I'll mow the lawn. I'll clip hedges. I'll do that shit. I'll lay dirt. I'll do that shit. But I don't want to fucking rip down wallpaper. I don't want to fucking knock out cabinets. I don't want to do that. And and, and and it is expensive. And, you know, who, who do you fucking trust to do a good job? Why not go into something and just have it be immaculate and have a fucking inspector say, guess what, guys? You guys don't have to do shit for the next decade to this house. That's what I want. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. She loves this house. I want my wife to be happy, okay? I don't hate the house, but I don't love it. So we're going to look for more this week and see where we're at and see if we could fucking walk into something and we just look at each other and say, this is it. And that's it. So that's where I stand with the house thing. This is not easy. It sucks. It's stressful. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And you don't want to move into something and just have to dump in a ton of money. I don't know. I actually don't mind our real estate. Our real estate, she's she's good. She's good. Like you could tell, like she she's getting to the point where I, I could tell she's getting to the point where she's looking at us like, come on guys, are you fucking serious? Like enough's enough. Like you gotta pick a house. Like I could tell she's getting frustrated. Like, I feel like this. I feel like she's, like, gets in her car when she's done with us and just calls a friend going, I can't stand them. No, I no, I shouldn't say that. She's she's nice. She wouldn't say that, but she'd be like, they got to make up their mind. Nothing's going to make them happy. It would be funny, though. That'd be a funny sketch. That'd be a funny sketch or, like, a scene in a comedy movie where the real estate broker is just an absolute sweetheart. And then as soon as they close their door and the other people leave, they're calling, I can't fucking stand this stupid, this stupid asshole doesn't like this. They don't know anything about houses. Like, I, that would be really funny, actually. But I don't know. I'm hoping we could find something. We found some amazing house. We found this one house that's on a lake, on a lake. And it was one of the most beautiful houses. It, it was all redone. It was three. It was one of the most beautiful houses you, you'll ever be in. I'm not even kidding. It was, fu- it was insane how nice this house was. And... Um, the only thing is it's, it's just the, 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 it's near, it's like the main street, like the back of it is by a lake and all private, but the front is like right off of, like right off of a main road. Kids, I, I just, it's just, it's just too much of a liability. I think with little kids, so I, we can't do it, but holy shit is, was this house nice. So we'll see what happens, but that whole, oh, you'll know that hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. All right. Oh, wow. We're almost 45 minutes in. Okay. Well, that's when you know it's a good one. It's been entertaining. You can't say that it hasn't. For the Effect Podcast, episode 109. Somebody asked me yesterday in Kansas City, by the way, how they can get more of the podcast because they were only allowed to go down to like 70 from 70 to 108. And how can they get the earlier ones? And I will find that out. And I will try to make those available on iTunes or figure that out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. Thank you. And thank you for your support. And thank you for your concern about it. And I'm definitely going to do that. I just, um, I just need to 
you know, go go to where you know go to where I uploaded and figure all that stuff out. See what's archived and all that stuff. I think after you do a certain amount, some just get archived and then it might not go right to iTunes. If that's the case, I'm going to try to figure it out and get them all released. If anybody listening to this podcast has listened to all of them or most of them, and you know, and you could give me an answer on how people can can see uh, listen to the other ones or the early ones, that would be awesome. I really appreciate that, and I would be able to make a post or at least talk about it on. Um, episode 110 next time because people are asking me about that so thank you and um it's a good problem to have the fact that i'm gonna have 109 of these out when this one is done and it's because of you and please keep those comments coming please keep those comments coming um on itunes and and let's you know keep rating this thing good and 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 getting the numbers good and again please don't forget my sponsor butterfly radio please download the free app or register on butterflyradio.com now I am very happy with what's going on in sports. I have nothing for movies. I'm actually going to watch a movie tonight, but I have nothing on this one for it. I've just been too... And that's another thing. Delta needs to step up their fucking entertainment game. Have you have you guys flown Delta? Delta is... I don't know. It just seems like something, every t- something always happens with Delta. Now I'm realizing that as I sit here. Every time I fly Delta, something happens or... There's like an issue or something weird. You always got to stop in Atlanta. And I realized that they, on, the, on these two and a half hour trips, there's no movie or anything. I understand two and a half hours, but they have nothing. Nothing. You can't, you can't look at anything. They don't have any kind of TV like JetBlue does. They don't even have food. They don't have major. You can't eat a meal even for purchase if it's like a two and a half hour flight. Anything under three hours, you can't get a meal. So it's got to be three hours or more to get a fucking sandwich that you're paying for with a credit card or cash. I don't get that. Delta needs to step up their movie game. And I want, I could watch a movie in two hours. You could put a, even if there's a, I'll watch half of a fucking movie. All right, I'm cursing too much. I'm sorry. I'm tired. So I didn't, I don't have any movies for you guys. And I'm blaming Delta Airlines on that this week. But I'm happy to say, and and I'm sure you guys are seeing it, the New York Knickerbockers, they lost today, but three games to one against the Celtics. Dude, I called it in five. Let's see what happens. They're going to be at, I believe they're going to be at the Garden, is it, or it might be 2-3-2. I don't know, but if they go, I think it's done anyway. I think the Knicks are just going to come out and slam the door on them this time, and I think it's going to be five games to one. You can't blame the Celtics. They're hurt and everything like that. I feel bad for Oklahoma City and Westbrook because I would have been curious to see if they would have gotten back to the finals against the Heat. Now it's going to be tough. And um, the Knicks are scaring me because the Knicks look so good and I worry if they're going to break my heart again, guys. If they lose to the Eastern Conference Finals to the Heat, it's going to hurt. We'll see. We'll see. Now the NFL draft happened and the NFL draft was a boring one. It was bad. Um, but here's my problem with the NFL draft. These fat slobs drinking beers, putting on jerseys, and actually going to Radio City to cheer and boo, and it's 90% booing, and they don't know shit. All these guys want is a gaudy, flashy guy who catches touchdown and throws them. They boo a lineman they don't know. Meanwhile, that lineman they're booing is going to be protecting their quarterback and giving the running back blocks for the next decade plus if he's that good and they're booing him it's the dumb like it just shows you how dumb and stupid sports fans are painted faces going to a draft do you care that much you know i mean 
I got to be honest. I think it's a little silly. Unless you sit there and you're respectful and you just watch everything and enjoy it. But I'm talking about the people that scream and boo and yell. I just, I don't, I don't know. I find that a little, a little silly and stupid. You're, you're a grown man who could be home right now doing something. And instead, you got your face painted, you have a jersey on and a beer, and you're screaming at a pick the Jets or Giants did that you don't like, and you're booing every other team's players. It, it just seems so silly to me. And the Jets got that Geno Smith kid. I'm curious to see about that. I mean, they just... I mean, can the Jets scream in Sanchez's face, we don't trust you any louder? Like, it's, I don't know. It's ridiculous, really, what they do to, what they've done to Sanchez. They get Tebow last year, and now they they get this kid. He's always looking over his shoulder, this guy. As soon as he does bad this year, they're going to be asking for this kid now, who does have a big arm and he's fast. I'm glad Manti Teo, you know, went to San Diego because he does not have to worry about filling the shoes of Ray Lewis, and he also doesn't have to, um, you know, be in the Giants and talking about it. So he could just go out there and... Just, you know, see what happens out in San Diego. So, But it wasn't really like a great draft at all. I think next year is going to be better. But the Giants always, I never question what the Giants do because they always seem like they know what they're doing. And it always seems like, oh, what are they doing? And then you watch and you're like, and the guy ends up panning out. So we'll see. Giants better make the playoffs this year. But that's, I mean, that's pretty much all that's going on. And, uh. All right, speaking of sports, I met Lance Armstrong, guys. I met him. He came to a show. It was pretty nuts and surreal. I'll leave it at that. I'm trying to figure out how I could close the sports, and I guess that that's a pretty cool way to fucking doing it. It's fun making like making like celebrities or people that are like, you know, big in the media. It's fun making them laugh. I don't know. Cuz it's I don't know. There's just something about it that's fun to me to just make those people laugh. So, Oh, man, there's so much shit I want to say right now. All right, what else do we got? We got to move. We got to keep moving. I'm at 50 minutes here. Nothing else with sports. That's it. That's it. Go Knicks. Let's knock this out in five, get some rest, and then I think we're going to end up playing the the Pacers. I think that's who it would be, the Pacers. Uh, I don't even know what's going on with the Atlanta and the Pacers thing, but I'm imagining the Pacers are winning the series. All right. Plugs. Moving to plugs, everybody. I will be performing May 1st. I will be at Levity Live. Uh, Where am I May 3rd? I'm somewhere May 3rd. I think I might be at The Stand May 3rd at midnight. And I am hosting both shows at The Stand May 4th, the 8th and the 10th. I'll be hosting those. I will also be headlining Levity Live on the 9th of May. I am working on getting my material fine-tuned to get my first hour out. I'm working on my first hour. And uh, so that should be... I'm, I'm getting it all together and I'm working on that to do that, to tape that sometime in June or July, maybe the end of June. So, you know, but that's what I'll be working on. But come out because I'm also going to be doing new material. So Levity Live on May 9th. Uh, always a great time there at Levity. It's just always just so much fun. 
Actually, I'm sorry. May 1st, I'll be at Levity doing a spot. May 3rd, I'll be at Levity doing a spot. May 4th, I'll be at the stand on the 8th and the 10th. And on the 9th, I'll be headlining Levity. And um, I'm waiting on some dates from Stand Up New York and a couple of other clubs. Uh, I sh- hopefully, I'll be at Gotham this month. So you could check those out. But it is also on the Verzi Effect. Um, I'm sorry. It is also on the paulverzi.com podcast. So, I mean, paulverzi.com website. Sorry, I'm, I'm tired. I was just got off a plane. And you deserve better with the plugs. So there you go. That's why I tried to, that's why I did it again. First and third, Levity. Fourth, The Stand. And the ninth, Levity. Those are all done and locked. And I got other ones. Just check www.paulverzi.com. I'm also going to have some new clips on the website that I'm working on. And um, hopefully, hopefully you guys will be seeing more of me. So, thank you again for everything. Please keep the iTunes, uh, the the downloads on iTunes, and um, please leave your comments. And let me know if there's anybody who knows how to see get more of them, because I know that they. I I think that where I do it, because I do it off a of Podbean, and I think where I do it, I think it archives itself. So, if that's the case. Let me know if you're doing it a different way or you know how to do it. So I'll just ask you guys and then I'll be able to uh, let people know. And I'll also obviously do my investigative work and figure out what's going on. I got to call one of my techie nerd friends to figure that out. And um, I don't think I'm forgetting anything. I'm trying to think here before I wrap this up if I'm forgetting anything. And if I am, I will say... If I am forgetting anything, I will definitely say it and mention it on the next podcast. But... That should be it. So thank everybody who came out to Poughkeepsie. Um, the nice feedback in Dallas, Austin. Austin, by the way, Austin, Texas is turning into one of the hottest places in America. It is insane. The streets were packed with people. There's food festivals. There's wine festivals. There's comedy festivals. There's music festivals going on all the time. The people go out there. It was just so much, I mean... So much nicer than so many other places that I've been. So, um, I mean, it was great. And uh, the people were great and everybody. It, it was awesome. And same thing with Kansas City. The people were, were great. The only thing about Kansas City that was weird, it was like Westchester Airport. The Kansas City International Airport is like Westchester Airport. It's so small and little and easy to get out of. But the weird thing was it was so slow that the TSA and the security people were actually happy to see people. They were nice. They were nice. You just, it was... It was it was bizarre kind of, but so thank you all. If you're in West Texas, you got to go to that bakery, the check spot, and thank you Thomas Lewis for that. Thomas Lewis, great dude, always knows the good shit. Check him out. I don't know if he's got a website or anything, but um, he's a multi-talented comedian, helping me shoot this thing. Guy should have been a fucking history teacher. If this guy was a history teacher, he'd, I mean, he'd, he'd be killing it. Shitting on him is what he'd be doing. Okay. That's it, everybody. This is the Verzi Effect Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. 109, 55 minutes and 20 seconds and counting. And um, that's it. Sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download it today and until episode 110. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to do the question thing. I'm going to do the question thing again. So I'm going to I'm going to bring back the from my fans. So go message me on Facebook or you can 
you know, tweet something, but any tweet or messages on Facebook that I get, um, questions, I will always, I'll shout you out, you know, your name, where you're from, talk about, you know, your question, uh, give you advice. So I'm going to bring that segment back uh, from the fans, and hopefully I will have a movie to review for you guys next week as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. This has been the show. Let me know. Did Karen, was Karen getting whacked definitely in Goodfellas? I don't necessarily think so. I'm going to leave it at that. Take care, guys.